0: No. It's nuts. Even torturing you is boring.
1: This is the small council. <laughs>
2: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. With me, I have uh, my co-host, Cyrus. Thank you for coming on.
1: Uh, Always happy to be here.
2: Yeah, and uh, I'm... I'm excited, as usual, to talk about our topic for tonight, which is the FAQ, Six Skins, the Spear Lord, and uh, we'll see where we're at after those, but uh, we'll throw in some more topics after that, uh, just kind of whatever comes up. Uh, but before you know, I get into any of that, I do want to mention that we have very special guest for next week's episode, which will be at sometime on Wednesday, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, it uh again i'm not 100% sure what time of day i want to say it will be uh, i believe so far we have it scheduled for uh what time was it um 6 p.m. uh central standard time uh, and we're hoping, as long as nothing falls through, uh, we're going to have on special guest Fabio Curry. So definitely check that episode out next week. We, uh, I'm going to see, depending on how
1: the uh,
2: the topic goes, we you know will definitely still take some callers. Uh, obviously, with with a guest like that, uh, they can't. Obviously, answer a lot of things that you might want them to answer, so uh definitely uh keep that in mind, but uh you're still more than welcome that's the whole point of our show is to kind of be a little more in person um, and don't don't forget no one really uses it um, and that's I don't really promote it that much, but there is a chat section in. The blog talk uh so similar to like if you were to listen to someone on discord and then you could just also type in the discord uh if you go to the blog talk um uh F episode info next to that there's a chat button and you can just uh type in your questions there. Uh if let's say you're at work or whatever the case may be and you can't talk um or let's say your mic just doesn't work but uh you you can listen to your speakers and you can type uh, your questions. Um like I said, uh, keep the questions respectful and um we'll we'll see what we can answer. Um we we want to, we want our guests to feel welcome. Um and I'm super excited for the topic uh like you know, I haven't really been as excited for a topic in a while. Uh, I mean, granted, we just talked about Martels, which is the faction I've been waiting for. But as far as like a you know non like new unit thing, like just like a you know everyday topic for Ice and Fire, I feel like um, it's definitely something you're not going to miss. So definitely stay tuned for that next week on Wednesday. I don't know for sure what time of day, but once we do have it set in stone, I will start promoting it. So definitely uh, stay tuned on our Discord and our Facebook page. With that said, uh, tonight's episode, we um, like I said, we're going to be talking about all those things. I think first, though, we're going to start with uh, the Spear Lord. Now, this attachment was already like a part of everything we talked about in the last episode, but it just was kind of missed. Um, it was something that wasn't really shown with the big, like, group of uh, picture or, uh, you know, leaked. I don't know if you'd call them leaked, but, you know, the, the new stuff for Martell's. It was in there, just somehow it got overlooked, um, not necessarily by us. Like, all, all the pictures online even missed, missed the attachment. But with that said, this attachment uh, is one point. Comes with the uh, Royal Guard, and it gives boldness and courage. Uh, pretty straightforward. I I love the ability. I know there's been a lot of speculation or a lot of uh, you know I'd say I don't know if complaint is the right word. I feel like that one is. It's a bit of a strong word for it. But people were, saw this and were like, oh, it's just more copy and paste of the same you know, rules that, uh, are already in the game, but keep in mind, uh, as far as a one point attachment, generic attachment, I believe there's only one other instance of this ability, and that is with the, uh, High Garden Spearman, um, if I'm not, or Pikeman, uh, attachment, so only Renly side one point attachment that will have this same ability, but I think for, for Martels, um, I think it'll be really good, uh, you know they have a lot of profiles that are like seven seven four, seven six four, uh and so on and so this ability is really going to punish your opponent in the sense that you're going to have in a lot of cases seven dice no matter or more no matter what rank you're on uh and as always I, with all, all the boldness and encourages it works on ranged and melee um now we went over a lot of attachments in the last episode for For martels considering this one is only one point there is a struggle with how good a lot of their attachment options are so even though this is a great attachment at one point I I don't see this being taken that often but often enough
1: so I think uh, I think it's a a nice ability
2: what do you think of this guy
1: yeah it's pretty solid it's kind of a funny story how uh, he came about because I was sitting and watching uh, Chase's video talking about uh, the sand skirmishers, and at the very end of the video, he just pops up picture. pictures like, yeah, and this guy will work really well in this unit. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? I don't know what that guy is. That's the Spear Lord. I haven't heard of him. Uh, <laughs> I, was like, I was asking everybody. I was like, what the heck is the Spear Lord? Where would this thing come from? Uh, it turns out that, yeah, I was missed in the initial reveal. It comes in the Royal Guard box. And, uh, yeah, uh, Boldness and Courage is a great ability, uh, especially for one point. And there is some give and take with some of the units that are do have the non-deteriorating profile on second rank. Uh, with Boldness and Courage, you're not going to be gaining much, if anything at all, at second rank with this ability. But what you are getting is a massive increase in your dice profile on the last rank to sometimes three additional dice on your last rank, which is which is terrific. Uh, I was thinking that since Martells are lacking a ranged unit, if you were to run a Stormcrow Archer with a Spear Lord in the Archers, you're going to have a pretty solid ranged threat no matter what rank they're at. And with the Martel's ability to control the tactics board, you're probably going to have your choice of what zones you want to buff the the archers up. So just about every unit, I think, could benefit from having the Spear Lord in it. It's just really solid. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, you know, I haven't seen the model
2: yet, so I can't really uh, speak on, you know, how it looks. But if it's anything like the picture, uh, I'm sure it's going to look really, really good. Um, as far as what I would use it in, um, I think, I think the Stormcrow archers would be a great, uh, option, especially right now, because if I'm not mistaken, there are no long-ranged units yet for, uh, Martels. Um, <clears throat> but, um, I would say, let me pull up all the different units, I want to say it, it could, be really good in even in just the basic spearmen. Uh I know that, you know, you're going to that six point territory, but <clears throat> let's see. So with the spearmen at six points you're gonna look you're looking at eight, seven, seven. You hit granted you're hitting on fours, but with that set for charge, I mean you're you're really gonna punish anything that has light armor. You know, I mean nothing with light armor is really going to want to charge into you with that many dice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like there's no bad option. Um, you know, roll guard with it. I mean, that's eight points, but again, that's, you're looking at eight, seven, seven for their dice hitting on threes or even, uh, you know, him in the sand skirmishers, you know, you're going to. Be buffing both attacks. Both attacks are 754, so the, he's going to make them an 875, which is still really good. Um, similar to you know John and Ranger Hunters or whatnot, but not nearly as effective if you ask me. But still a cool combo. So we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to kind of try this guy out, especially for one point. Uh, It's going to be hard to fit a lot of those two-point attachments. Uh, It'll be nice to kind of have that one-point option if you just happen to have that extra point lying around. Um, Let's see. So that one's pretty simple. We'll move on to talking about six skins. Uh, I know, I believe, talked about in a previous episode just like the, the look of the models. Um, I'll again mention that uh, I I don't know I like six skins a lot uh, yeah on the bear you know the bear I don't know about the other models um, the wolves are okay uh, seems a little awkward how close together they are but you know it is what it is I do like the individual sculpts I think my only problem is with how close together they are the shadow cat the pose seems a little too basic for me and then i guess my biggest gripe would be the eagle uh because it's the exact same sculpt as the eagle in the regular skin changer's box um but that's just me kind of being a little nitpicky um do you have any uh, opinions about the sculpts uh
1: the shadow cat really threw me uh we talked about it when we saw the reveal of the models that is not what I thought a shadow cat was going to look like. I thought they were going to be more <laughs> panther or jaguar-like and not, you know, super fluffy. Although it does make sense that, you know, they're in the far north, they're going to need, you know, copious amounts of fur or they're going to freeze to death. So, if I had thought about it a little longer, I probably would have maybe come up with this in my mind, but for some reason I was thinking I don't know, playing D&D and I think about the the displacement uh the, was it the displacement cat or the displacement beast displacer beast that's what it is it's just just black panther thing with tentacles and that's just what i was thinking a shadow cat might be just this really dark evil looking uh sleek uh predator but nope it's uh it's a big furry kitty cat but that's all right um uh, that's my only gripe as far as the models go. Now, it did throw me also that Vermir is riding a, uh, a bear, and I thought that he was going to go in bear riders as a potential attachment, maybe a mounted commander or a uh, cavalry attachment, and that's not the case. He is just a solo, uh, so that also threw me as well as far as the models go.
2: Yeah, it was uh it's interesting uh design space I think, um, because it looks like if I'm not mistaken, you can take him uh you may select uh so he has a card that says Vermeer six skins. You may select uh him as your commander. If you do so reduce his points to zero. When you include him as your commander, your army must also include both the Wolfpack and Shadow Cat. So um, to kind of get the points out of the way, uh, we have Fairmere, which would be normally three points if you don't take him as your commander. The Wolf Pack is three points, and the Shadow Cat is only two points. Um, so as far as the stats go, you're looking at uh, the Shadow Cat has a six move, two dice on a three up for melee a four-up defense, a two-up morale, and only two wounds, can't control objectives, can't grant victory points, start of its activations, get a free maneuver, but it does not deploy as usual. At the start of any round, you may deploy this unit fully within short range of any flank table edge. It also has disrupt, so minus one to units it's engaged with. Um, So I'll go over the other two just so we kind of can talk about them, I guess, as a group because um, they, they're obviously meant to kind of be taken together, though obviously you don't have to. Uh, next up, I'll talk about the Wolf Pack. They have a six-move, uh, three-dice sitting on a three, four-up defense with a two-up morale three wounds, can't uh, control objectives or grant victory points, and at the start of this unit's activation, perform one pre- free maneuver, and has disra- uh, distract. During your turn, enemies this unit is engaged with in the flank or rear, loses all abilities, and cannot be the target of friendly tactics cards. And then lastly, the six skins, uh, four move, a three up, uh, four dice sitting on threes, a three up defense, four up morale, and then um, he has Sundering Vicious, and gains plus one attack die for each wound this unit has suffered. Uh, has four wounds at the start of activation and perform one for a maneuver, and gains his Eagle, which does the same thing as the normal Eagle, if I'm not mistaken. Um... I believe, word for word, it just says Vermeer's Eagle and Varamir's Scout rather than whatever that normally says, but it's, at the start of each round, attach this card to one enemy combat unit until the end of the round. Placing this model near that unit's trade to market. This model is ignored for all purposes. Uh, once each turn, when this unit performs a maneuver or march action before resolving that action, one Vermeer Shadowcat or Wolfpack unit, or sorry, one Vermeer Shadowcat or wolf pack may perform a two-inch shift, so any of the three units. Um, So I'll let you start this one off. What what are your thoughts
1: on just the group of these animals? All right. Well, first off, thank goodness, because one thing we know that free folk were short of were cheap activations. And here, in this package, they're getting (laughs) three activations for five points. Let me say that again. Three full activations, three combat unit activations for five points. That is absolutely insane. Now, they're a little fragile as far as their defense goes, but they're not fragile in the sense of you're going to be able to pop them with morale tests like you can maybe maybe sneak one by on Jorah Or if you have a leveraged panic test, you might be able to sneak one by on on mounted Gregor. But no, that's not going to happen with these. So these are going to stay on the board until the Free Folk player decides to put them in combat. And they're going to put them in combat when it's most beneficial for them to do so. These units are utility pieces because they have Disrupt and Distract. So when they do get them in combat your ability to fight back is going to be diminished. Uh, you might be able to pick them off if you get lucky, but if the Free Folk player is making the decision to put them in there, there's there's a reason why. They feel like they already have an advantage and they're ready to, to strike. This is absolutely insane, the the package that you're getting. the The versatility and the toolbox of all of the things that you get now, if you look they don't have massive offensive output. They're only two dice or three dice, but they are going to be triggering panic tests. So that can lead to offensive output especially if you have uh if your units have, you know, bad morale against these guys. Um and and the eagle, the eagle's fine. The eagle isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought that it was going to be a more proactive piece. Uh, like I said when we saw the the model reveals that I thought it was going to be an actual uh, infantry attachment that was going to stay on a unit and give you bonuses. This is fine. I, I don't really like the concept of attach this card and then and then the, the model hovers around the unit. If you're going to attach something to a unit, just attach it like the rest of the other units in the game. This just seems a little silly. Uh and and the ability that the eagle gives is is fine. Uh you're not having to pay, you know, points for it. You're you're getting it in addition to what all the other stuff that Veramir brings, which is a boatload. Uh, we haven't even gotten into his cards yet, which uh also really help out as far as uh the utility and the versatility goes. Uh it's it's amazing. The, the package that, that's coming here. On top of that, the commander himself, he's going to benefit from, you know, commander uh, objectives. So the ones that, you know, give out extra victory points or, or give out extra abilities, he doesn't have to get in combat if he doesn't want to. He could send his four or five units of Raiders out there first and hang back and be able to enjoy uh, his... Uh, his bonuses that he gets as a commander as a solo. Is this the other than mag? I think this is the only other solo commander, uh, which just brings another wrinkle into the game. As far as uh, what you're going to be able to accomplish with that, it is fortunate that with the season one, uh, edition of 2021, they took out all those, all of, not all of the commander bonuses, but most of the commander bonuses for sitting on objectives, otherwise this would just be absolutely impossible to win against. Um, 3 armor and 4 morale. Even if you do get to him, it's going to be hard to to really to to really shift him. And if you if you go if you go at him and you miss, he's got the he's got the shaggy dog ability of gaining additional attack dice for each wound he suffers. Ooh, man, this is a lot. This is, uh, it's it's super strong. And I tell you what, if Mance is going to get a nerf here soon, uh, I'm pretty sure Vamir is going to take over for him because he's going to be really strong.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'll talk about his cards real quick just kind of for the full context. So first up, he has Bonded Command. Uh, Essentially, it's Issue Command without a range uh but only for his uh Shadow Cat and Wolfpack and himself. So it's when any of them activate. Uh they can't perform actions. Instead one other friendly one oh it is long range, sorry, it's not any range.
0: But basically
2: any one of them can forego when they activate can forego their actions that turn to give another any one of them uh one action. So, granted, you're gonna to have to forego. Oh, let's see. When a friendly uh, unit activates, so could you then uh, get your free maneuver first, or did they clarify that?
1: Started they with did
2: activation.
1: Yeah. So they did say that that's simultaneous effects for the purposes of like taunt uh, that you actually do get the maneuver. Uh, when you choose if it's if it's your effects or if you're an active player then you get your effect first and then the opponent's so since you'll be controlling both of them you'll get the free maneuver and then you'll get to do this uh, Or vice versa
2: I Guess the question would then be because the card itself says this unit cannot perform actions this turn uh, Would that mean that if you've chosen to do an action this turn previous to this card? Can this card not then uh, do something?
1: So you are still in the trigger phase uh, when you're still reading the top paragraph of when a combat unit activates. You'll say, okay, I have a trigger of when a unit activates, and I have another trigger when a unit activates. I'm going to do this trigger first, and then you resolve the card. So you do the maneuver trigger first, and then you go to the card, and then it says you can't do any trigger or any uh, actions for the rest of the turn, so it hasn't come into effect yet.
2: Gotcha. Uh,
1: i I, I kind of spoke the long sure way, but I'm like, pretty sure that's how that would work.
2: I I kind of figured that's how it'd be, but I wasn't sure if like the card is talking about even prior to this card, like if you've done any this turn, uh, like you can't have done any to even play this or not necessarily play this card, but to then. Get the next effect.
1: Like you could still
2: activate both the card and the free maneuver, but then the card, if you do it second, would basically
1: retroactively be like, "Well, you've already done an
2: action this turn. You can't perform actions
1: this turn." But I think that that would fall in the uh, category of things don't work retroactively. Like I don't think that this card is checking for things before it comes into existence. So yeah, I think that you would be able to play this at, uh, and then resolve your maneuver first, and then resolve the card.
0: Yep, uh,
2: I think it's strong. Um, obviously, it's uh, all of his cards are kind of pitch and hold into him and his wolf pack and Shadowcat, but I still think it's a it's a good card has a lot of potential. Next up is Bonded Guardians after a friendly. Uh, after him the shadow cat or wolf pack is attacked target one other friendly uh him shadow cat or wolf pack and it can perform one charge or maneuver uh action and if attacking or charging it must target the attacker so basically like a counter charge or like a sentinel uh but only with him and his uh, two um, animals. And then lastly, summon companions at uh, the start of an enemy turn. Select either the shadow cat or Wolfpack. pack. If that unit is on the battlefield, you may remove it from the battlefield. After, if that unit is not on the battlefield, from either this effect or having been destroyed, play it fully within short range of any flank table edge. If that unit had already activated this round, it deploys activated. Um, keep in mind that both the Shadow Cat and the Wolf Pack, though they can't uh, control objectives, they don't give up victory points. So if you have one, this card in your hand, you can go run and do like a sacrifice uh, to eat up an entire attack from your opponent, and then just go, all right, cool. Uh, here it comes back uh, at the start of your turn, like, or the, I'm sorry, your turn, the enemy turn. It, And, um, yeah, it's, you know, not only that, but you have to consider that you're still running the base. It's not like Mag. it doesn't have an entire deck. So you still have the base deck. So you still have Endless Horde. So now you have... Four cards that bring things back to uh, and if you're bringing back raiders I mean you're just bringing back four things that all don't give up victory points like you could literally as you were kind of mentioning Cyrus you could run him as your commander with shadow cat wolf pack run like four raiders and then something else and uh, and now like your whole army is practically insignificant uh, with the Wolfpack pack and the shadow cat there Um, can't give up victory points part is part of their innate heart ability so you can't even take that away Um, what are your thoughts
1: so Brett was uh, talking in the uh, FAQ channel um, when somebody was asking about like uh, I think it was a a question about to the last and then he mentioned uh, something about YOLO YOLO charge or a YOLO attack and I said it's it's not you only live once it, in this edition of the game. It's you live multiple times because nothing ever freaking dies in this edition anymore. <laughs> There's to the last. There's uh, it shall not end until my death. There's what is dead will never die. There's endless horde. And now we have some companions. Even if you do get rid of one or two of the the companions, they'll come back or they could redeploy if they're out of position and they could be in a better uh, position. And then the Shadow Cat has it; its innate ability as well of uh, just coming in onto the field whenever it most benefits the Free Folk player. Uh, these cards are, are, are pretty good. Uh, Bonded Command, I think, might be best for uh, getting Varamyr an extra action or an extra charge because uh, he has the strongest attack of the three companions with his Vicious and Sundering on four attack dice. Um, the summon companions, you're not going to be able to tie anything down. You're not going to be able to be comfortable where the, uh, the state of the field is because it could suddenly change. You could have units here behind you. You could have, uh, something that was previously destroyed come back. And I know that the companions can't control objectives, but you know what they can do? They can control quadrants, and here we stand. And they can get the free folk player. They, they can practically guarantee controlling the vast majority of the field, and here we stand. It is. They can. Go ahead.
2: I was gonna say they can also contest.
1: Yeah, and they can contest. And they're gonna have uh, one of them's gonna have two ranks. The other one's gonna have three, and Vermeer himself is gonna have four ranks. So, uh, what was the last card? Uh, bonded Guardians. Yeah, just just more potential actions uh you could. They could potentially sacrifice one of their uh, one of their companions to get more actions or or charges. It's uh, it's it's so it, it's very centric around the animals. Uh, It's it's very similar to Mother of Dragons and how how focused it is towards the companions. So if you do eventually take them down, uh, his cards may not do something. If you could potentially counterplot the uh, summon companions and keep those animals off the field, uh, but you're investing capital in that when they still have a deck and several units on the field to contend with. I'm not entirely sure how you're supposed to compete against this. Uh, You you hold on for dear life, play your best game and maybe have a chance. Uh, This is, this is pretty wild. Yeah, I think
2: uh, a lot of Stark players are going to know, like, what to do and how to do it with these guys. Like, um, assuming they're Stark players from, like, 1.6 and before, you know, when running all three Wolves was a thing. Uh, But I feel like once, you know, playing these guys right off the bat aren't going to seem... That strong, they're gonna they're gonna to be tough, but they're not gonna seem like bonkers. But once you really like get down into the strategy of what you're doing with these guys, uh, it's going to be insanely annoying. Um, you know, basically, uh, Varamir is Shaggy Dog, but with minus two move and plus one armor, um, and then obviously he has the eagle. Uh, option thing, but that's something that kind of applies to him and the Wolves and Shadowcat. But, so, uh Carlo on um, Tourney Grounds made a very great uh, a point, is that minus two move, yeah, that kind of sucks, you know, being really fast has its strategy, but where that plus one armor uh makes, is way better than the speed in this case, is because of gaining the extra attacks for every wound you have, uh, you're going to be more survivable, meaning you're going to have a higher chance of having more attacks and just making him mad. If you, you know, let's say, you know, worst case scenario, you only do three wounds to him. You know, he's going to be smacking you in the face pretty hard. And then he's (laughs) going to play bond bonded command and
1: smack you really
2: hard again.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like if, if you're going to swing at him, you can't miss because if you do, you're going to get punished.
2: Yep. And if, uh, you know, if you let shadow cat, like if they all gang up on you, good luck. Uh, shadow cat's going to make you minus one to hit and then distract if he's in your, uh, the wolves are in your flank or rear is going to turn off all your abilities. Uh, so, you know, and And as, uh, you were mentioning if, it's only five points for all of these, so you could easily get all three of these into one unit and still have everything else in your army mucking up everything else.
1: So that's what I'm saying. If I sound a little doom and gloom about this, I'm just thinking about the facts like, okay, we are you're already going to be out-activated playing against Free Folk. Uh, now you're going to be out-activated by two, maybe three. This here is going to guarantee that you're going to be out-activated by four and maybe five depending on how they list build and when you are out activated by that much there's going to be entire sections of the game where they're going to be taking actions and you can't respond and it doesn't matter that these aren't throwing very many dice it won't matter that raiders don't attack very hard by themselves without cards or 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 buffs or or things that buff them they're just going to be taking swings at you and there will be nothing that you can do about it. The only thing, the the only options that you'll have is to run uh, a bunch of retribution effects and hope that they can bounce enough damage back onto your opponent. Uh, But even then that they're going to be, they're going to be taking three or four, sometimes five turns uh, before you'll be able to respond. And that is really yeah. difficult to deal with. Yep.
2: Well, and even think of it this way, uh, you know, they're going to out-activate you by so much that you're going to be able to wait until um, you're going to be able to bring the shadow cat on on any flank edge uh, at the start of the round, unactivated, and. Uh, <laughs> Wait to do the Shadow Cats, uh, Viremir, and the Wolf Pack. Activate everything else. Force your opponent to activate what's closest to those three units, and then the Shadow Cat's going to charge into the flank. Now you're disrupted. You're going to have the uh, Wolf Pack uh, move six inches uh, in to try to get to the flank for the distract, uh, and then play. Um, uh, bonded command giving that free attack to the cat uh in the flank or even charge with Veromir first. You you charge with Shadow Cat in the flank, then you charge with Veromir and get all those uh you know, your dice with the Sundering Vicious. Then the Wolf Pack, you don't go in right away. You you move your six inch free maneuver, bonded uh command, attack with Veromir, and now next turn the Wolf Pack uh Six inches, charges, now your mind is like uh, everything I just mentioned, disrupt, distract, uh, all these attacks, Um and you, you go, okay, do I attack Varamir and make him more mad at me and hurt me more or do I, let's get rid of the shadow cat. He only has two wounds, disrupt. Oh, okay, you kill them? Alright, summon companions. Alright, well after this unit, I'll read it back to you just for full context. After this unit is, um let's see, you redeploy it fully within short of any flank table edge. If it had, So if it hadn't activated, which probably won't be the case, now it's coming back short of the table edge again from right where you just killed it. And now it's going to just, after you killed it, literally it's going to charge back into you and turn off all your abilities again. Uh, or sorry, uh, minus one to hit. Um, it's, it's going to be insanely annoying to fight these three if they're all on the table edge.
1: Yeah. And with, uh, if you are relying on retribution effects, uh, forget about them because the wolf pack is going to turn them off and you're not going to be able to use them. So like, I like to run Lannisters. I have been running Baratheons as of late and you try to get to eight activations. You try really hard, and you feel like you're losing a little bit because you can't run their powerhouse units. Uh, so you're running weaker units to get to eight, and you might still be out-activated by four. You run uh, seven activations, and you do get your good units, but now you're out-activated by five. Uh it's, it's just really hard to wrap my head around. Um, now, the free folk player could potentially get unlucky. They, they, they could maybe play too aggressively, and their units may die uh, before they can take advantage of their numbers. But that's, that's suboptimal play. A good, solid tactician running free folk is going to optimize that numbers game and it's incredibly unlikely that you'd be able to to win against that, even with a eight activation list in one of the factions like Baratheon or Lannister. It's it's really hard to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel with these guys. Yep. On well, the other thing that kind of, let's see, there's ch- ch- ch-
2: rereading Summon Companions and, um, the funny thing is is why summon companions doesn't have a stipulation that Vermeer has to be alive, like Vermeer should have to be alive, and then if he isn't, just have a draw card at the start of turn effect um The reason being is like who's summoning these companions <laughs> if he's dead uh,
1: but yeah, yeah, that's a good point uh. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't say it. So yeah, it's it. It, it could happen now. The other cards, I think, you will have to have Vermeer alive. It looks like. Uh, no.
2: No. Um, no. No. Yeah, they just is saying that it can be him, Shadowcat, or Wolfpack in okay. both the trigger and in the effect. Um, the other two, I'm not too worried about. But just, like, thematically, like, you know, what is the wolf pack summoning the, the shadow cat or vice versa if he's dead? Mm-hmm. like Because um, I was thinking, like, one strategy I thought initially, but then, like, the reason I'm looking at that card is you go, okay, screw it, I'm going to attack Varamero. Let's just get him off the board. Uh, I know I'm no abilities and minus one to hit, but let's just, you know, YOLO and try to get him off the board, uh, because I'm already kind of doomed with these three engaged with me. I might as well, even if I might make him mad and stronger, let's just see what happens. But the fact that all three of these, granted, you can't summon him back, so that is a plus, so if you kill him, he's not coming back. Um, And he is an infantry, so Endless Horde can't bring him back either. But still, um, it would be nice if, like, okay, if you want to try to throw all three of these into the same unit, and you want to just focus in on Vermeer, and then, like, I don't know, if there was a downside, if Vermeer wasn't alive, if these cards didn't work as well or something, I don't know. But it is what it is. Uh, I think it's so, insanely strong.
1: Here's the other thing. So that's him as a commander, but you can bring all of these in other lists if you're willing to pay the points. Vermeer's three points... Uh, but, if he's your commander he he's free, so it would be three activations for eight points, which is still really good and one thing that's already being looked at being looked at really hard is these three units uh in a uh mag commander list, and that mag is wanting monster units, and all three of these units are monsters. And we've joked yep. about the card mon- uh, Monsters from the North being a poor man's version of There's Too Many. Well, if you throw these guys in the mix, Monsters from the North is There's Too Many because you're going to regularly being able to pull that off and get that massive panic test because you're going to uh, be able to throw in three cheap monsters into your mag list. And also, one of the downsides to the mag lists were uh, you had to go low activations. These are going to be able to boost your activations in your mag list, and you're going to be able to get your giants in optimal positions because you're going to be able to be play- patient. is uh, <laughs> going to be throwing a huge wrench in the meadow once he becomes widely available. Well, another thing to keep in mind,
2: I'm looking through all the cards, so just to go one by one, shrug it off. Uh, works very well with all three of these because the problem with shrug it off with a mag list was that None of them had free activations or sorry free maneuvers So shrug it off is when a friendly monster unit performs an action before resolving it They can replace it with restore three wounds So you could have Vermeer, even though granted you wouldn't you would lose dice if you heal him if you're down to one wound you can forego your free maneuver and heal those back just to make sure that you don't die and still do your attack or charge or whatever. Um, Another one is Enrage, which is great for Vermeer as well, is Start of a Friendly Monsters unit's activation. You can make that unit suffer two wounds and until the end of that turn may reroll any attack dice and the defender becomes panicked and you're Sundering Vicious. So let's say you're full health, You've already charged in, did some damage, and now you play this card Suffer Two Wounds so that you can get extra attack dice. Your opponent becomes panicked with that Vicious and that Thundering. Uh, that could be insanely good as well. Um, let's see. trample.
0: Defiant Giants. Roar.
1: Um, Defiant Roar the... is going to toss out basically an auto-weakened to every unit that it's engaged with. Because uh, it's just a, a pass a morale test, and most of those are on two. Um,
2: the hurled boulders, a giant. Um, override can be any.
1: Blitz, uh, friendly monster units. activation. Uh, unit becomes vulnerable, but until the end of the turn, it's plus two dice and re-roll charge distance. So if you want to close the distance with one of your uh, animals, you'd be at the wolf or the cat or even baromir. Uh, that bumps his uh, four-speed back up to six uh, to be able to get him in, in in the position that you're wanting him to. So, yeah, uh, almost half of the, the deck synergized real well with the three that is bringing.
0: Yep.
2: Well, and the other thing you could even do with it is uh, um, that Blitz can probably get your uh, Wolf Pack with an eight move, possibly get them within... Uh, uh, with the free eight inch maneuver, almost guarantee to get you in the flank um, of your opponent to then charge for that distract uh, and then because then now your charge is an eight plus d six with rerolls uh,
1: not only that if you were just simply playing a position game and trying to work it around the flank because the Wolfpack wants to be in the flank for its uh, distractability, that's a 8-inch maneuver and a 16-inch charge. 24 inches, 2 feet of movement when it activates. <laughs> it can move half the table in one activation. Yep
2: and even let's say uh, i forgot to mention this but uh even let's go back to running vermeer as the commander you can literally uh that was part of the combos uh going to mention is you can shadow cat into the flank wolf pack uh free uh or you can vermeer uh, into the front or whatever, then you can wolf pack, move 6 inches to get within the flank, but still within 6 inches of the enemy, bonded command, attack with Vermir again, and play There's Too Many. And now all three of these trigger the max of There's Too Many, and he is, again, he has vicious. So you're looking at a minus 5 panic test with plus 3 damage damage. Uh, on top of the fact that you've already been attacked by the shadow cat you've already previously been attacked by Vermeer, um, you know it could get nuts uh, for how little you're paying for these units now again, I think the problem is is that the downside to these guys is they're supposed to be fragile, but uh, their defense comes in the form of sticking together, having the disrupt, having the
0: distract,
2: having um, summon companions not being worth any victory points and having so many activations that you can outweigh your opponent and get your alpha strike. So with all that said, I know, you know, you look at the wounds and you go, okay, two, three, four, it's going to be a lot more annoy- annoying and tough uh, to deal with than a lot of people might give it credit for.
1: Yeah. the y- There's just, it's so, there's so much to consider. Because, like we talked about, there's the activations, there's the utility, there's the versatility, and um, there's just the threat that you're you're not going to be able to play your game, be it if you're Lannisters or or Baratheons or even Night's Watch. You're not going to be able to play the game that you normally play when you are completely surrounded on all sides by units. Uh, you're going to have to make some really difficult decisions and the, the likelihood is high that you're going to come up on the wrong end on, on a lot of those decisions because there won't be a good answer. There, there just simply won't. You might be able to take down a few of the units, which is the, the Free Folk MO. You can take down some units. But and and you might win a battle or two, you might win a skirmish or two, but they're going to win the war. They're going to beat you on objective points uh, because you just simply can't be everywhere at once, and they can. And Varimir makes it worse.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, you're seeing a lot of, like, 9, 10 activation, 9 at minimum. Free folk lists for activations, uh, and I say minimum because I'm not necessarily counting like mag commander lists. I'm Just talking about like some a lot of high end uh, free folk tournament lists. Um, so you're looking at like nine or ten with this at him as your commander. I mean you're you're probably breaking into ten being the minimum, if not like eleven. And can you get twelve? See if you're spending only five points on three. Now let's say three or so sort of four sixteen. Um, so seven times four, plus the five. I don't know. I think uh, I think it's definitely possible. How good it would do, I don't know. I think it would also then come down to the mission. I think just running nothing but Varamir, his animals, plus raiders and NCU's, might not go over super well. But I think, depending on the mission, I think you could still do really well or you know ha- uh, be an uphill battle for your opponent if uh if it's like objective based and you're able to just kinda clog up the whole field while they can't kill it or can't get any victory points from killing stuff yeah,
1: that's the other thing is you will be able to get points from Vermir but not from his uh his two companions. And uh, that's another thing that free folk does really well is you're going to, you're going to waste your time trying to kill these things and it's not going to get you anything. Uh, Now you can, I I believe that that was FAQ that you can still mark units for additional points, be it, let's say fire and blood or uh, from certain missions that allow you to mark units for extra additional points. You could still earn points from those, but you'll never gain points from victory through combat. Um, Yeah. I'm, uh, I think I've, uh, I've exhausted my thoughts on this. I, I, we were at Gen Con when, (laughs) when these cards got released and we actually got to see uh, an example of these in person and I was blown away. Now I, I, might have thought that it was even worse than it was because when i first read the shadow cat i thought that you just kept redeploying the shadow cat every round when it said at the start of the round deploy the shadow cat on any flank table edge i just thought that every round you get to put in a shadow cat uh which is <laughs> like which would have been like cold Hand on steroids but no, uh, you, you get to bring it in on the turn that you choose, which I'm not sure why you wouldn't just choose the beginning of the round to gain that activation, or beginning of round one to gain that activation. But uh, you might wait to see what your opponent's going to be doing because you're going to be out-activating them anyway. So you might as well bring it in round two, round three, and put, put that shadow cat right in the most annoying place on the board uh, that you can possibly think of. Um uh, the, the abilities that they bring it, it disrupt it, it, it it's uh it's gonna be really bad for units that already hit on fours. I have completely whiffed on attacks that hit on fours that suddenly become hitting on fives and I end up with no hits at all uh, so I do have some breaking news here uh, Brett has just uh, made a statement about Vermeer, uh in our group chat, and I'll share it with the uh, the rest of, of uh, Small Council. So Brett says that he absolutely loves Varamyr, as he is. He is a secret uh, admirer of the Free Folk faction, and he has actually enjoyed playing Free Folk on TTS and uh, is really looking forward to them getting even more buffs in the next edition, which he will personally see to. And, uh, afterwards he will just laugh at all of the trolling that he has done about how free folk being OP, he didn't really mean it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Brett has definitely come on, you know, and he's had a change of heart with free folk, um, ever since, uh, Gen Con, um, he thinks uh, you know. Since free folk didn't get first place, that uh, he was definitely wrong this whole time. Yeah,
0: right. No, I. Uh, <laughs> I just have a little. I have a little statement because I'm. Uh, I'm having a little bit of a party tonight, so I can't join you for the full show. But I definitely, on this subject, I, I wrote my thoughts out on this, and so I just want to say it before I disappear into the shadows again. I think that varamir is overall very unhealthy for the game generally the tact for bringing magda mighty in a man's list is that you can't achieve nine activation to oppressively overwhelm your opponent varamir changes that similarly you can swap tormund raiders for one one to get a better tank unit and war cry while maintaining nine activation alternatively you can have tormund and one one to have double war cry Martels have come along, and they've shaken the meta up a bit, demanding to be recognized and accounted for. Free Folk are able to proceed with their business as usual. They don't have to care. Mance is the closest thing to 2021 Alpha we have seen and is approaching Otho's level of oppression with the addition of Aramir. That's my honest opinion and take on the situation. Mance uh, needs a little buff,
2: so I don't know. I think think Mance going to like four up morale um, might be better. Uh,
0: No, we think you can't can't troll the troll.
1: No, uh, what we've been saying for uh, what we've been talking for the past 30 minutes now about Varamir here, Uh, yeah, this this doesn't look good for the game. Free folk already have access to a ton of cheap activations, and not only just cheap activations, cheap good activations. Raiders are good, chariots are good uh, and just adding on to that, but I mean, you could call the shadow cat and the the wolf pack chaff uh and as far as attacks go, yeah, that's what they are, but they offer utility in addition and and versatility to to be able to get your good units in position in situations where your opponent can't respond because they've run out of activations and that's just that's an unpleasant position to be in as a as an opponent it's like yeah i've i've tried i mean i i i hung back but then i got surrounded i rushed forward but i got surrounded I did both, and I got surrounded. I mean, let's, it's, it's... Let's put it it's, this way. Okay, go ahead. No, that's just... It's it's trying to get trying to wrap my head around uh, just more activations in Free Folk. Uh, it, it's a tough pill to swallow. I, I well, the funny the thing is, is
0: that I think the bigger issue is that Baramir brings Vicious, which normally, like, you're not seeing followers of the bone, right? You're not seeing... Uh, the champion of the bone to bring intimidating presence because the chariot is covering the vicious keyword there's no longer any reason to buy followers of bone Um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of a problem in and of itself that's that's the chariot being a little bit too good for four points that's a whole nother subject but varamir is now bringing vicious as well and what his animals bring besides just the activation and the tempo advantage is that they are now more mobile catalysts or the three units that you need to do the, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it, the completely overpowered and broken There's Too Many bomb. Everybody who isn't a Free Folk player will openly say that card is the most broken card in the game, honestly. Like, very few people deny that. Very few people dispute that. There's Too Many is just the most powerful card in the game. It just really is. And so uh, I would... Uh,
2: I would go on a limb to say that you could increase the Shadow Cat to three points, take away its Disrupt, take away the Wolfpack's Distract, and this would still be an amazing buy. That's three activations for six points. And they literally could just do what old uh, Direwolves used to do and run around in the backfield. Not that Free Folk needed that. But, um, I mean, the activations themselves... And this is something I've mentioned only a couple times, but I definitely have mentioned on the show before, is that I truly don't believe any activation should cost less than four points. And that counts like relentless. Any pseudo-activation or activation, nothing should cost less than four. It's just because the inherent benefit of having more activations should come with a cost, let alone whatever they're providing in their abilities,
1: As far as activations go, it it does frustrate me when I watch uh, the list-building channels on Facebook and Discord. Someone will propose a list that looks fine, and it never fails. The first comment is, oh, it's only six activations. Oh, it's only seven activations. It's trash. That drives me crazy. I call it activation shaming. We, we I wish we could get out of this mindset that activations are everything, but there's a problem. We can't because activations are everything. Well, if activations you, matter depending yeah. on the quality of activations, right? Sure. If you right. put you, can't eight, run that, you put yeah.
0: seven poor fellows on the table with four with three NCUs and you say, well, look, I have ten activations. Well, you're going to lose.
1: Right. And no, no. in
0: my honest opinion, that's what a free folk list should look like a nine activation free folk list it should be like well you have a bunch of raiders and you're probably going to lose the game because it just isn't a good list it's it's the opposite
1: <laughs> free folks
0: put you know a bunch of crap units on the table and you look at the list and you're like this list isn't that good like i can get through these units and then you you mess around like when it's piloted by a good player you're like yeah i don't stand a single chance against this list there's so much tech in all of these units the trappers bring so much tech the fins by far the best five-point unit in the game, brings so much tech. The Chariot, like, undeniably the hardest-hitting four-point unit in the game. Sometimes it's with with There's Too Many, it is the hardest-hitting unit in the game, period, bar none, points included. Yeah, real quick on There's Too Many.
1: Real real quick on There's Too Many. I remember a conversation on this show where Dave was talking about uh, Lancer Supremacy, and how he was worried about how powerful that order was. Because you could potentially deal someone six wounds on their panic test. But that is a choice by the attacker to attack the unit to make it, have it take a panic test. But there's too many. Its only condition is be the horde faction. And you're going to be able to achieve that on any panic test. Not one that you trigger yourself. No, it's going to be off of the crown, off of an attack that you've already taken six wounds on. Here, take an additional six wounds, and now you have a dead unit. The amazing, visage. It amazes me how powerful there's too many is. Yep.
2: Well, even, uh, even with Visage uh, from Followers of Bone, um, if you... Granted, this kind of falls back into the... Like the... Um, you if your opponent attacks you but the problem being is in free folk you have there's too many that can trigger off everything you just mentioned plus defensively so like they'll they could have stire which had, now you could have it off of the crown zone any attack especially an attack with vicious and or intimidating presence uh, uh visage on the followers of bone uh Fen supremacy on stire there's so many like really Good triggers for that card and with how many things can be on the board it's it's actually quite easy to trigger it and Brett right, I don't know if you're if you were listening before but we were just I was just mentioning how Vermeer himself ganging up on one unit with the shadow cat and wolf pack all three of them just auto-trigger that card themselves, and Vermeer has Vicious. So now you've got a minus five with a plus three just from Vermeer and his two companions.
0: Well, I mean, you just you said a mouthful when you were talking about Sire on your own. The simple fact that on your turn, Sire and then can taunt you in and play There's too many on top of Thin Supremacy and deal you D3 plus six wounds. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to hear about, oh, well, it takes setup up and it takes this and it takes that, like the fact that that combo can exist and is reliable enough that it carried, like, I'm not saying Roger's a bad player. Roger's a great player and a, a really good guy. He played with the things that are available, but combos like that, just relying on things like that, carried him all the way to the top table. He didn't even run man. He just ran style because there's too many is that reliable of a card. He, just, he knew that that's all you have to do. You just have to have that one attack and play there's too many on top of it. And if they don't have counterflots or an auto-pass morale card, they're screwed. And, like, we physically witnessed him completely one-shot a 12-wound unit of champions of the SAG because of there's too many. It was just a charge into the flank. He had war cry for the panic and vulnerable. And, poof, there goes the most elite defensive unit in the game from a five-point unit. It's just completely, like, I know that I stay very positive, but when it comes to something like that, it's just so completely obscene and frustrating to see it happen. Like, it's not just stuff that's happening inside my mind. Like, I'm not just being unreasonably fearful of a corner case. This is stuff I have seen with my eyes over and over and over again, watching TTS games, watching people play in person, just watching it literally happen right before my eyes, like, you can't gaslight me and tell me that this doesn't exist because I see it all the time, just oh no, I definitely
2: you. know i I do it consistently every other free folk game. I one shot something because of that card um and it could be with something moderately offensive e you know like a Fowler's a bone with champion, or sometimes it's just a simple raider into the flank uh and they roll bad on the on the d three and it's just like, okay, take you know all these extra wounds um you know it's like I said, it's consistent, it's not some like you know big brained uh play uh you know you obviously don't want to just throw it out at any attack, but throughout the entirety of a game, one of those opportunities is going to present itself uh, at some point, or even multiple times. You know, I've had plenty of games where I one-shotted two units, with one with each, uh, there's too many. Um, and that card is, you know, that card itself games. Um, I wouldn't say, like, I, you know, obviously that's a little hyperbolic, but but you know what I mean. But to kind of get back on track, though, because we kind of spun off, because it's more about the Vermeer than it is Free Folk, excuse me, in general and that card. But um, overall, uh, I guess we can kind of wrap up on Vermeer, I think he's ridiculously good. Um, I have not played him yet, so I am still optimistic that I am slightly wrong. Uh, you never know that uh, maybe it just takes some time playing against this for the the community to find its weakness that isn't uh, obvious so like i said i'm optimistic in that sense so we'll have to see uh, how how this plays out because my actual initial um reaction to him was just like ah he's okay i don't think i'd ever really use him i don't think he's going to change much but it wasn't until you know really diving into what these things do, that I'm like, yeah, this this can get a little out of hand, Um,
1: especially for
2: five points.
1: When I first saw him, I thought that they were going to work like uh, Barack's boar does, where he activates and then his companions can can then take an action after he activates. I did not know that they were going to be completely separate activations for two and three points. Uh, And also... For for zero points, one Varamir is your commander. I mean, Mag is looking around. You're having to pay nine points <laughs> for him. It's like, what's the deal here? He gets a discount, doesn't. You have to pay full giant price for his full stat line uh, to run him as your commander, but Varamir gets a discount, and he counts as an activation. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I mean, to be honest, I don't think, uh, so I, if you ask me, this is just kind of like, I don't know, if wish listing or just, this is what I think they should cost. The Wolf Pack, three points. The Shadow Cat, personally, I think it should be three points, because I like the Shadow Cat better than the Wolf Pack. Um, Vermeer should be, uh, four points. And, uh, is he four points already? No. So he should be four points. Uh, and then if you take him as your commander, he gets a two-point reduction. Same with MAG. MAG should have a two-point reduction as your commander. Not something huge. Uh, I don't think, you know, because you'd have to say when you look at most commanders, they range from the two to three-point range. And I would say you'd err on the side of caution and go with two-point reduction rather than a three-point reduction. Now, with that said, if you do that, you're looking at um, 10 points for all three or eight points for all three at, with him as your commander. In my opinion, that's still really good um, for how many points you're spending. Um, and again, with Mag, I think Mag having, you know, take him down a couple points um, if he's your commander just seems fair. Uh, you would see a lot less lists with Mag being ran as the non-commander because most people are in the same boat of you know well if i have to fa- pay full points why am i going to take the deck that isn't as good as the base deck in most cases obviously there's some some cases where it would be better but um and not be pigeonholed into running a bunch of giants so i think the upside to mag as your commander should be okay well here you can get a couple point discount and then kind of run a more thematic but also competitive list
1: so Yeah, certainly agree. I uh was kind of surprised when Mag first came out and the price that we would have to pay to run him. And there was a reason behind uh the fact that he just hasn't caught on is it it's been incredibly difficult to list build with him when you're having to pay nine points uh for your unit and commander. Um uh, it it's uh and and the other units as well, just trying to build around him with other giants and, and trying to fit in mammoths and do you run Raiders or chariots? Uh, so they made that decision knowing that if mag was too cheap, it would be too good. And yet they made this decision to go ahead and give Varamir a three point reduction to make him free as a solo activation uh which i thought again i thought we were getting away from uh free activations because we got rid of the ncu commanders because they were too good um yeah it's uh it's something yep
2: so uh with that said we'll move on uh we don't want to just keep beating a dead horse i like as always i have faith that simon will reevaluate They'll wait for the data to come in. They won't make any rash decisions, and if it needs addressing, they will address it. All right, so on to the FAQ. Uh, Definitely wasn't as big as I thought it would be, so it shouldn't take too long to go through. Um, So just going to kind of go in order in which I have uh, the pictures uh, cropped and popped up. So the first one is, "What is dead may never die." The errata is that the trigger of this card should read as follows: When a friendly unit would be destroyed. Uh, so, it's uh, the errata is that because currently it's when a friendly unit is destroyed, uh, which caused a lot of confusion. I know in my I've have personal games where my opponent or I would die because my opponent had priority would play take the black heal four, uh heal four and steal my asha attachment then i would what is that even for die come back or, or never go away technically with you know d3 wounds and i'd have my own asha and then he'd kill me again and i we he, he literally took asha twice and now i have asha and now he has two Ashas, even though that's a little redundant cuz you can't have the same ability more than once in a unit, but he did it just for the, you know, for the heck of it, because uh, uh, it still gave him a fifth wound. So now, uh, with this timing, you actually never die when you play this card. And makes sense, because, I mean, the title of the card is, what does dead mean, never die? I mean, it's, it's literally trying to re- reference that you're not dying in my opinion. I don't know, maybe other people can interpret that differently. But, I like this Aretta. I think, you know, I'm sure this is how it was meant to be all along, There's just a small oversight. Um, and then, uh, a couple more for this in particular card. If this unit, if the destroyed unit has less wounds than d3, then the d3 roll, does the unit gain those wounds? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and this is in reference to, let's see, hand. If the destroyed unit has less wounds than the D3 roll, does it gain those wounds? Is that really a question people had?
1: Yeah, so the, what what they were seeing is they what was happening is they weren't removing the models from the tray. So let's say their unit just got charged by heavy cav. They have seven wounds on the tray and they just took seven wounds. Uh, what they were asking is, you know, you, you remove all those. Do you gain the D three roll back? Or let's say it had two wounds on the tray and you would have taken those, but they, they're not taking them off. It's like, okay, well, it stays in play with D three wounds. Well, it doesn't have D three wounds. It only has two. Does it stay with two wounds or does it go up to the D3? So I could see where this question might have been coming from, but what was happening is that they weren't removing the wounds off the tray to symbolize it being destroyed. They were just kind of leaving it in in stasis uh, after the attack. It's like, oh, well, I take two wounds here, it dies. But it has two wounds on the tray. Does it is it supposed to gain those back? I, I think that's what they were saying. I mean that sort of makes sense I suppose.
2: Um you know, I guess for my in my opinion as long as the FAQ isn't like 30 pages long or more, you know, if you know they have to add this in there if it really was like a question then you know that can't really hurt to yeah. not
1: have it in there. So and that feeds into um, the next question on Yeah, go ahead. No, that feeds into the next part of the FAQ, the next follow-up oh, question. Oh, gotcha.
2: I thought you were about to read it. Uh, So the follow-up question is, do these gained wounds count as being restored wounds for game purposes? Yes. Although uh, words restore wounds are not written, there was a net gain of wounds from this effect, which is a great uh, follow-up because this sets precedent uh, for anything else, uh, in my opinion, that lets you get wounds back. Um, Basically saying that, if you have a net gain of wounds, that is considered restoring wounds, in my opinion. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. All three of these changes or uh, these clarifications are quality of life things. I think some people were still are thinking that this is how this was meant to work, that, uh, that these three interactions were meant to work, but we had to follow by what was written. Uh, there were really funky things that you had to worry about with the previous wording of what is dead may never die with it is saying that the unit has been destroyed. So do you get a victory point and then the unit stays in play? Do you get to do other effects like a surge forth or, or, you know, things like that. It's like this, this unit's been destroyed. It says it's been destroyed and this card is triggering when it's destroyed, but then it doesn't, then it's not destroyed. So this now reads like the other effects that happen when a unit would be destroyed; it's not, and you get to keep it in place. So, um, it, it, this was necessary. Uh, it's uh, it's a good clarification. Good to finally have the the final answer for it in the FAQ. Yep. Um,
2: next up, we have and now his watch is ended. Uh, the question is, if two of these cards have already been attached to friendly Night's Watch units, meaning on two different units, and a third friendly unit, assuming the third one isn't the one with the cards on them, is then destroyed, can I perform the effect of... The answer is yes. The card's ability is in effect after its trigger has been met and the card played, uh, meaning that if they can get both those cards out and you kill something, they could trigger both of them. Now, the question I was curious about more so than that, I thought that one was obvious, is if you put both of them on the same unit, can the same unit trigger both? I would assume that this kind of sets precedent that you can, uh, but there still is that lingering doubt that because they're on the same unit and the same unit having the same effect happen or whatnot, I don't know, what, do, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, my thought that is if it's on the same unit, then no, uh, because that is one unit utilizing uh, two effects of the same uh, name. Uh, but when you have them on different units, then you don't have that overlap. And that's why this FAQ is is good, because uh, this goes back to the, uh, it's been a while since we've had to do this, but the old cut them down ruling that you were able to utilize, cut them down on two different units on the same attack uh, because they're two separate units with that instance rather than one unit. So uh, if I was, let's say I was TO, I would say that if you put two watches ended on one unit that you would not be able to utilize both at the same time. But because of this FAQ, if you had two of them on separate units, then yeah, this FAQ says that you can. Uh, execute both of those now as watches ended off of one destroyed unit.
2: Yep. Um, All right, so next we have Battle Endurance for Grey Worm. Unsullied Commander. So that's the only there's a lot of Battle Endurance uh, cards out there, uh, but it's specifically talking about Grey Worm Unsullied Commander. Uh, so the Aretta is, the effect of this card should read as follows. Target one friendly combat unit and attach the card to it until the end of the game while attached this unit's melee attacks. Gain the following bonuses based on the game round and their cumulative. Uh, reroll misses, thunder, and critical blow plus two dice. So I believe nothing has changed except for the fact that used to be all attacks, which was goofy, because I think it was the only Battle Endurance that did, um, and all the other ones say melee attacks, so I think that was just an oversight. Um, So it's nice to see that that has changed, because Battle Endurance is amazing on any unit, but putting Battle Endurance on uh, Dithraki Outriders was kind of ridiculous you know running around shooting things uh from far away uh on threes and getting re center and critical blow all these things while everything else kind of harasses you uh so that you can't get to them uh was quite insane so it was, it's was a nice uh change in my opinion
1: yeah this made craig a little bit sad uh <laughs> the targs are Uh, Other than Drogo, Targs are struggling a little bit. Grey Worm was one of the few other bright spots beside Drogo, and and this card takes a hit. Uh, It's hard to say if anything is an oversight on on these cards anymore because we said that uh, we were trying to get to the point where uh, all of these cards were uniform across the board, but we still have a bunch of cards in the game that have the same name but have different effects or slightly different effects. Uh, so when this came out and you were able to use it on range attacks, it was like, okay, hey, Gray Worm has a slightly better version of battle endurance, uh, but it just looks like that uh, maybe they thought that that was uh, too good. With like you said, uh, the the possibility of putting that on outriders is is pretty pretty significant. So yeah, uh, not going to have that option anymore. Or even, uh, you know, you could even, you know, if you wanted
2: to run him uh, and then hit your commander and throw a Battle Endurance on some uh, Stormcrow archers or something. You know, it, I guess any ranged unit, you know, with some, a lot of these effects would be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So next up, we have devious methods. So there was two prior questions. Um so I will read those just because the addition is a follow-up. Uh, Devious Methods questions were, if this takes a card that, upon being played, was attached to a unit, what happens? The card just returns the opponent's discard pile. If it leaves your hand for any reason, how does this card interact with cards that would deploy units, such as Endless Horde? If the Greyjoy player has the listed unit available, it may be deployed And the follow-up question is, so consequently, a joy player could control a unit of Free Folk Raiders if they had brought that unit beforehand? And the answer is yes. So if you're going to be a joy player and you want to run, if you really like Euron, Free Folk are really popular right now and probably will stay popular for a while. I highly suggest investing in uh, at least one, if not two units of Raiders because uh, Stealing Endless Horde is really strong. Now, keep in mind that uh, a lot of people have complaints about Endless Horde, so who knows? If if down the line, uh, CMON decides to change Endless Horde to be something else, I know we've uh, talked about in our show about strong cards. This made the top five, and we had suggested a change where it would attach to a unit, and if that unit dies, that unit comes back. Um, that would make your unit of Raiders obsolete for your gray joys if you don't already play free folks, so keep just keep that in mind. I'd hate for someone to go out and be like, "Oh man, that's awesome." And then buy a unit of Raiders, paint them up, and all that, and then find out that the card gets
1: changed down the line. so we suspected that this is how that interaction worked because uh, it it spells out pretty clear an endless horde that you can deploy one free folk raider unit. And if that becomes your card, you can deploy one free folk raider unit. Even if you're a gray joy, uh, you're just following the text of the card. So we were, we, we suspected that this was the case and this confirms it. I think it's hilarious. Yep.
2: And if I, you know, I'm a huge Greyjoy, a great joy player. they will be my second, faction only to martels when they come out and if i didn't have fear of the of endless ward getting changed in the future uh and i didn't have so much to paint already i'd probably buy an extra unit of raiders just to paint them up like my Greyjoys. joys but i'm just a little too paranoid so who, who who knows if like the next big patch that they do and i say big you know i don't mean like as big as 2021 was, but, you know, their next major patch comes out and Endless Horde hasn't changed. I might revisit the idea. Uh, All right, next up is Diversion Tactics. If the defender is destroyed, when do I measure range? Before removing the defender's tray. That is huge. Diversion Tactics always was assumed that if the defender died, that you couldn't play this card because there was no way to measure range from a dead unit. What do you think about this? I'm I'm super excited about this change.
1: Yeah, this is a big deal. And we'll, we can also pair this with uh, the Sentinel FAQ because it's, it's very similar because it works the exact same way for Sentinel. If the defender is destroyed, when do I measure range before removing the defender's tray? It's the exact same wording. So, both of these, uh, there was the concern that if it's destroyed, you can't use it because there's no unit within short or long range to be able to measure from. Well, now we're a bit, we're, you're able to do the do the measurement before the tray tray is moved and be able to execute this uh, card or order. Uh, it's it's going to make those abilities and, and cards just that much more more useful for you. Um, Is there any other faction besides Free Folk that has Diversion Tactics? Uh,
2: Um, I want to say yes, Um, but I can't remember.
1: Yeah, it's not coming spring into mind. But uh, Diversion Tactics is kind of limited in its scope, but Sentinel is all over the place. Uh, So you'll be able to take advantage of uh, Sentinel now uh bear in mind that because surge forth is the last thing that occurs, no matter what overlapping triggers that you have, it, it, you know, it's destroyed, I have something that's got to go, uh, Sentinel will happen before a surge forth. So if you have a unit with Sentinel and you're, that unit's been destroyed, you're going to be able to charge that uh, attacker before they get away. Uh, so very, very helpful and beneficial ruling here for, for Sentinel. Yep. So,
2: let's see. Next, uh, there's a certain rule that I want to save for last, uh, but Raven Flock, um, Iretta is the trigger of this ability, should read as follows, when an enemy in long range performs an attack before resolving that attack. Uh, Raven Flock, is that uh,
1: Cold Hands ability? That is Cold Hands, yeah. So that was a little funky when it first came out because it was talking about action and uh because of the red cloaks the red cloaks changed a charge to only be one action instead of two it's no longer a maneuver and an attack it's a charge action there's no attack action involved so when the original wording of ravenflock was is performing a attack action before resolving that action you couldn't do it on a charge because the charge is not an attack action. It is a action that includes an attack, but it is not an attack action. Yeah. Red cloaks really screwed things up for a lot of things. And Raven flock happened to be one of them, but they've clarified clarified it. They're no longer centering around the action part of it. It's just an attack. It's, it's any attack. It's also ranged attacks. Uh, and you'll be able to, to pop off, uh, Raven Flock and give that unit a minus one to hit, no matter if it's charged, ranged, or or just a standard melee attack. So, uh, good change. It uh, removes some of that ambiguity of uh, of Cold Hands' ability. Yep. All right. Now, this
2: next one annoys me quite a bit because I've had a lot of arguments with people online about how this works um, based on like the rulebook and everything. And I know like rulings or things like in the Discord, or not Discord, like Reddit and stuff, have kind of gone against um, what I think it should be. I, and I say think it should be. I'm, I'm not opposed to it being the way that uh, has been ruled. but And that's uh, sabotage and, and subvert. The question is, what happens if there are multiple attachments with disability on the same unit? The answer is effects with the same name never stack; only one would be applied. And the reason I hate this answer is because what if I wanted to sabotage and subvert turn after turn after turn, and not all at once? This doesn't. The answer to this doesn't necessarily come. You know, you know take that out of the question. Now, again, if you look at uh. like answers from. I know, like there is, there is doubt in there. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you, but there is no, dif- in my opinion, this answer doesn't definitively say that that isn't a possibility. Um, but if you look at it, like the Reddit stuff and just every, uh, you know, seeing Michael talk about this and, in and there, um, you know, it's, they've already made it pretty obvious that if you have two of the same ability, basically cancels it out, meaning if you have two sabotage and subvert, you literally just have one sabotage and subvert. You don't have, it. if you ever have a duplicate, it's just you just have one of it. That is how it's been explained by Michael in Reddit forms. I wish that was somewhere written in the rulebook um, because as the rulebook is laid out, it implies that. You, you know you have your unit card and then you put your attachment card like underneath as like an extension of it and then the next attachment card and an extension of that an extension of that and if I'm correct nowhere in the rule book does it like mention what Michael had mentioned in the reddit form so I just so wish they would
1: where that is mentioned is that th- they've gotten away from attachments and units being separate entities Uh, When you attach something to a unit, that is the unit. Now, there used to be effects that only dealt with attachments, but any effect that deals with units typically always includes the attachment. So when it says that uh, a a unit has an ability, uh, it's always including that attachment. Now, this goes back to a ruling that was made when it came to Lannister Supremacy, That you can't put Tywin in a unit of Lannister Guards and try to pop off two Lannister Supremacies over two turns because you don't have two Lannister Supremacies. You only have one. And I think that works in this situation as well because when they say only one would be applied, you're talking about a once per game effect. And if you can only apply one once per game effect, you've done it and it's gone. So if you do have two, three, or four instances of sabotage and subvert, you only have one. You pop it, and it's once per game, and it's done. And that unit has used its once per game effect. So that's where I think that comes in in this ruling.
2: I guess it's just the you know for I don't know. I feel like adding a couple extra words to make it more definitive could not have hurt um, because you ask yourself, only one unit would be applied. Applied in what way? Is it being applied as the effect against the defender? Is it being applied to the card itself, meaning like what you're saying, like it's only applied once to the, the, the card, so any extras would just not be there? But if you're talking about applied the effect to the unit, then that could mean that it's only, you know, applied in that one instance because it can't stack, uh, because you can't stack abilities much in the same way like the cut them down and what we were just talking about. But, I don't know, kind of just talking circles, but is my main complaint is just, I don't know, is. A couple extra words could not have hurt this uh, this ruling. <laughs> um, you know, it's it literally would not have. There's the second line because if you're looking at the the answer, it's literally one line plus one word on the second line. So they could they had basically 90 percent of the next line to add as many words as they wanted, uh, and not have increased the length of the of the thing, if that makes sense. I don't know. I think when you're making an Aretta and or FAQ, uh, more isn't always better, but generally more can't hurt as the rule. I mean, obviously there's some uh, there's some exceptions, and obviously you don't want to make an entire like dictionary, but I don't know. That's, I guess, my one complaint. I'm completely fine with the whole Like, ruling as 99% of everyone sees it, Um, I think it makes sense, uh, because obviously spending 12 points on a, or 12 or 11 points on, you know, that many turncoats to just obliterate a unit is just funny, but could be too strong (laughs) if, like, your opponent has, like, one pivotal unit that you're going to spend that many points on, but... I don't know. Um, All right. So next up, we have uh, Fueled by Slaughter. I had it already has one previous question to it, but the new question asked is: If a unit is destroyed by the attack, how many destroyed ranks does it have? Uh, And uh, I don't know why the answer says follow up, uh, but. A unit has as many destroyed ranks as is shown on its tray. Uh, for example, three uh, three rank infantry tray, um, three ranks for an infantry tray, two ranks for a cavalry tray, and one for a solo tray. Now, this didn't need to be clarified just be- for the general masses, but um, there's a lot of other precedent, in my opinion, that answered this one. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, this is how a lot of people were ruling it as far as Fueled by Slaughter goes. Uh, If you do destroy an infantry tray with Fueled by Slaughter, you're going to be healing four. Uh, The question I think came into uh, play is uh, when the unit is destroyed, how can it have ranks if it's destroyed? You know, uh, the, the tray is no longer there. Will you be counting those ranks or do you only count the first two ranks that were destroyed uh, and then by the time the attack is over, then the tray is removed and now it's lost its final rank? There's there's some questions about how it worked, but this is how the vast majority of people played it as counting that third rank on the destroyed unit. Uh, that does still bring into question of how, uh, let's say, Shaggy Dog works when he's uh, gaining wounds uh And if he's destroyed and plays last stand, he still gets to to count as having four wounds on him and be able to roll uh eight dice on his last stand attack uh works in a similar way where uh he has four wounds, essentially four destroyed ranks uh That's not how solos work, but you could think of it that way. And that's one of the reasons why he's able to roll that many dice uh, in his attack, because he does have those wounds on him, those destroyed ranks on him. So uh, similar. uh, uh, But yeah, I, I think that that's how the vast majority of people have been playing it.
2: Yeah. And like I said, I think this is more so there just for the general public, the general Um, you know casual more casual players because I play uh, from time to time with some newer players we get in our group and this question often comes up and so it's nice to just kind of have it on paper uh, even for those that you know kind of already knew the answer Um, and then lastly we have uh, an eretta to vassal so it's saying that uh, the ability should read as follows this model counts as the name of the commander for all abilities and effects. So some people got this part confused a little bit. It's specifically referring to a commander, so you can't just, like, count as, um, like, let's say, uh, Adam Marbrand. You can't take him and then just count as uh, Jamie Kingsguard or Jamie this. It has to be Jamie Commander. Um, But with that said... Lots of unforeseen um I shouldn't say unforeseen, like this should have been obvious 'cause
1: this is like So you know, real, ten
2: minutes after this dropped.
1: Go ahead. Real quick, I think that wording is implying satin the way that he's worded. So this model counts as name slash commander because satin does not say that he counts as somebody's name. He says counts as ex, as commander. So I actually think that Adam can work with Kingsguard Jamie or the young lion Jamie, uh, attachments and still be able to do the same thing.
2: Um, let's see, uh, pull up Mr. Adam. So he says, after Jamie's unit is attacked, this unit performs, or no, Vassal, this model counts as Jamie Lannister when its unit is being chartered by tax cards. So the question then would become, because uh, I think your way of thinking about it opens up a big can of worms, because nothing on this card anywhere says you have to pick the Jamie that you put in your army. It Literally, you could swap between any Jamie at any time, if that makes sense, because it just says you count as Jamie Lannister. So yeah. um, so you could just not even – so I, I'm pretty sure it's implied because there's only one commander, Jamie, that, uh, that the, that's what the quote – or not quotation, the parentheses means by – the name of slash your commander. So, in this case, it would be Jamie slash commander. Uh, or, but let's pull up Satin real quick and get the exact wording of her uh, him. I always want to say her. <laughs> um, so, Satin one point. No, that one. This model counts as your commander when it is being targeted by tactics cards. Um, so, I'm assuming your Sort of, uh, sort of right in the sense that yeah, they had to also word it that way because of Satin. But I, I think it still would be insert name of commander. Uh, so for Satin, it would just be you know a lot more simple because it's just whoever your commander is and then insert that name. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> I think it would be even more bonkers than it already is if you could just be like, all right, my uh, two point Adamar brand not only um, gets to attack you whenever you attack me. Uh, I also get to pick between any Jamie I want. Um, but then you would ask yourself, when do you pick which Jamie? Because it just says you are well,
1: Jamie. So. Yeah. So what what that would mean is, is he gets to count as any of those Jamies uh, so you don't even have to have Jamie in your list. All you have to do is bring Adam because Adam is Jamie for all abilities and effects. So all you just, all you, all you have to do is bring Adam because now you've got Adam <laughs> and Jamie. Uh, this is wild. We haven't, re- we barely scratched the surface of what this FAQ for Vassal means. And it, it, I, it broke my brain uh, when it first got revealed and I spent large amounts of time talking about it on discord uh this yeah. is just a this is just a blanket uh this kept as the name or commander for all abilities and effects and this has wide reaching implications on multiple levers levels, not just for for Adam, which is his own can of worms, but for satin as well. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, it definitely uh, is is going to be really goofy. Um, especially, you know, if you wanted to be super uh, goofy, you run Adam Marbrand in a unit of Poor Fellows, and then your opponent also runs Lannisters with Adam Marbrand in a unit of Poor Fellows, and you run into each other and attack each other, and literally it will not stop attacking each other until one unit dies.
1: Because of uh,
2: I already slightly mentioned it, but anyone listening, because of him counting as Jamie uh, for the Aretta uh, for all abilities and effects, Jamie's protector is Adam's other ability, which is after Jamie's unit referring to himself and Jamie uh, is attacked, this unit performs one attacker charge action on the attacker. So meaning if you charge Adam's unit and attack him, he is going to attack you back. But if you have two of these units attacking each other, they will attack each other back and forth until one is dead because the loop will never stop. Now, the reason I say poor fellows is they hit on fives with almost no dice, and uh, it would just be funny to be sitting there attacking each other for like six attacks or more back and forth and you just elect not to use your faith token so you don't get rerolls or precision. Not that you would really need precision because they have I think like a six up save. But uh just a goofy interaction. But
1: um another So oh, sorry. Go ahead. So Brett Brett uh is in charge of uh of, of the rules in the Adopticon event that we're gonna be starting here shortly. Uh, any of you that's listening, if you like playing on TTS and you want to play as a tournament for a good cause, uh, look up Adopticon because uh, Lord Commander Bob uh, and his wife are, are trying to adopt a baby, and uh, they're they're raising money because their first attempt uh, went poorly. I I'm not going to pretend to know all of the details. I've been following kind of a, from a distance, but uh, that's kind of the gist of it. Uh, their first attempt didn't work out. They kind of lost out on the deal, so we're trying to help them out. And anyway, the whole point of me bringing this up was is Brett is running the rules, and he put the kibosh on Adam counting as Jamie for list-building purposes in addition to him being able to tax someone after he's been attacked because, as we know, Adam is Jamie, and Jamie's been attacked, so Adam has to attack back, uh, and Brett just doesn't like fun. So he he decided to not <laughs> let us do that. Uh, but that that's just one of the silly things here that you can accomplish uh with the way that this is worded. Yep.
2: So um other than this, uh it works out really well with uh satin, works out really well with uh newt for Victorian. Um sir I think there's one more, right? Um, Harma's Bannerman. Uh you know, everything else works out perfect. But the un I guess they just w- were not really thinking about Adam Marbrandt He is a newer um newer uh, vassal that the newest vassal that came out. But uh um but yeah, I think it was an unforeseen consequence of changing it to be such a broad uh um areta.
1: Yeah. And with that said, the last it gets worse though. It the the vassal gets a lot worse when you think about how it interacts with Saturn, because now Saturn's card reads: "This model counts as your commander for all abilities and effects." That includes game modes. So now it is possible for Satin to count as a second commander on the field for game modes that center around your commander's unit. In Fire and Blood, your commander and Satin can mark units for additional points. In Clash of Kings, he counts as a commander. When his unit kills something, you get an additional point. So Satin in addition to counting as your commander's name, will also count as your commander for game mode purposes. I don't think they anticipated that when they wrote this blanket uh, errata for how Vassal was supposed to work. I'm not sure how far this got in playtesting, but that's kind of a big deal. Uh, We are all very grateful that we don't have to worry about the targeting nonsense of how these interact with tactics cards anymore, but this went way too far. It didn't need to go this far. All they just needed to say, all this needed to say is this counts as your computer and you just remove that, uh, or this counts as the name and you remove that targeting nonsense for the tactics cards. Uh, Cause all we really wanted this to do was work for assault orders. <laughs> That's what the vast majority of people wanted this <laughs> to work for. They wanted it to work for Victorians assault orders. And they wanted it to work for Jamie's uh, auto pass panic test, or, or or some of his tactics cards. Uh, yep. But no, this this is this is gonna get crazy if uh, if this is continued to be uh, ruled as written. Now with the new errata, uh, Satin uh, might become an auto include. And a lot of lists, because now not only does he work for John, which he worked for before, but now he's going to work for Cotter Pike. He's going to work for Donald Noy. He's going to work for Alistair Thorne, who has some cards that center around uh, his tactics cards. Uh, and in addition to working with those commanders really well, he's going to work in, in game modes that center around your commander's unit. Pretty wild stuff yep and
2: you know it's I mean even to go back to Adam you know you put him in something if they don't like change it you put him in something like pyromancers can you imagine like you're, you're probably just dead like you charge them yeah. not only have to take visage and then you attack them and they immediately get to attack you back and then they attack you and then you're probably dead
0: <laughs> Uh <Yeah. laughs>
2: Um, uh, but yeah, that's
1: a, that's a, a nine-point nine unit, but that's a well worth it nine-point unit that you just can't oh, touch. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, and then, the last thing I want to touch on because we're running short on time is the lack of an FAQ for uh, for what's her face, um, Gilly.
1: Gilly. Yeah. Oh God, Gilly. Mm. Poor Gilly. Uh, uh, so I we've had multiple discussions about Gilly over the last uh, year or so that she's been out. There have been a few editions of the game that we've had and a couple FAQs, and she hasn't made the list. And every time this happens, we sit around and we wonder, is this how she's really supposed to work? Is because she is zero points, and they did make a change with how NCUs interact with the tactics board uh, that if it is full, she doesn't have to activate. Uh, maybe this is how she was supposed to, to be this whole time. And that's one of the reasons why they haven't addressed her. Uh, but then we look at some more. It's like, well, I mean, even if that's true, this would still qualify enough as a frequently asked question because this has been frequently asked Is this, is this really how Gilly is supposed to function? Was the forum question that we asked that Michael Chanel mentions like, Hey, there's some missing text on this card. He failed to elaborate what that text was. And, uh, he, he didn't say, no, this is how she's supposed to work. She just said, ah, we must've missed something there. Uh, very, very enigmatic, uh, answer, which he can do sometimes. Uh, so we have kind of been spinning our wheels on this and oftentimes we've had to run Gilly as written that you have to activate her if uh, if possible and a lot of opponents will play around her and, and burn an NCU activation in round one so she has to activate in round one. And it is frustrating that even if this is how she's supposed to, to work, there should be an FAQ on it to verify that that's how it's supposed to work. Because yep. this is this has been asked enough that I think it should have garnered some attention by now.
2: Yeah, it's a little disappointing. And, I mean, we all kind of deep down know that she's supposed to be able to just uh, activate any round at least once to do her thing. But, you know, you, until we know what exactly the missing text is, I mean, there's no other way to really play it uh, I mean, in a friendly game, you guess you can just make the rule and just let your opponent play it the way you both agree that it should be played. But um, you know, it's I don't know, it's just unfortunate. They had, I think, a great opportunity to put that FAQ in there for this one, but maybe they had a reason why. Um, who knows? But. Um, but I guess we can, uh, with uh, roughly five minutes left, we can just jump into shout-outs. I don't know if we really have enough time to bring up another topic. Um, we'll, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, do you have any shout-outs? Uh,
1: one thing that I didn't mention about the FAQ is it is actually very welcome, though. That's one of the things that I mentioned a couple shows back, uh, I think, when we were doing the model breakdown about how important a new FAQ was going to be to get some of these rulings uh, clarified. And it is welcome. Now, some of these might've gone a little bit too far, uh, but at least we did get something that helped out in, in a lot of these situations. So uh, just to, just to, just to get it out there that it's not, it's not all negativity about the FAQ and and some of the things that went too far. I I am grateful that we got it. Uh, As far as shout outs go, we have a local tournament that is coming up here in Kansas city, uh, September 3rd. It looks like Craig is going to be making the trip uh, to join us. Uh, We're looking very much forward to having him in town and having him just kick all our butts uh, which is probably what's uh, going to happen Uh, September 3rd oh man Uh, I
2: would man if it was another another weekend I would definitely go I would probably see if (laughs) Craig would let me carpool but I have something very important that day
1: oh bummer Uh, yeah that kind of came together recently we were needing to get something on the calendar and that uh, date was free uh, we're going to have uh, some new prize support uh, as far as something that me and Kurt are cooking up. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We, we've we actually got a scene that's, that's cooking pretty pretty good right now. Uh, we've had some new recent additions. Uh, where we, it, it, <laughs> we were talking about this uh, the other day, about how we might be needing to add a second open play day here in Kansas city due to uh, how many players we have suddenly had an influx of Uh, and me and Kurt would have never guessed that a year ago because a year ago it was just him and me uh, showing up every day we'd play a game or two and then we would go and here we're well up over a dozen regular players Uh, and oftentimes we uh, well more than that. And uh unfortunately our store will not let us have a second game. It's 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 one open play day per game, uh, per week. But we're gonna start having some uh some unofficial gatherings for some of the people that just can't play all on one day. So uh yeah, the Song of Ice and Fire scene is strengthening here in Kansas City. I'm I'm really happy to see it. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, over by us uh, in the Chicagoland area, we definitely, we've had like three new people all uh, start to play. Um, I've been kind of busy these last couple weekends, uh, which kind of sucked a bit, but, um, you know, really been growing by us as well. Uh, Super excited to kind of see the, you know, see the group kind of get back in the swing of things because for a while, you know, we had really big groups of, uh, you know, 12, 14, 16 people. Um, You know, we have like 30 something, but getting everyone to show up on the same day was always the challenge. Uh, And then with, you know, uh, COVID and everything it, it kinda died back down and it's been steadily growing back. Uh but you know I'm super excited. So for my shout outs I just uh, as always I want to shout out the other content creators. Definitely go check them out. Chase from On the Table Gaming, uh Chris and Sunday Slaughter, Carlo and Mickey on uh Song of Vice Fire stats, uh with their turning grounds. Uh definitely go check everyone out and, you know, give them a like, follow them, uh and you know, just uh you know uh, consume their content. Um But, you know, uh, and as for us, you know, the best thing you can do is share out our show, word of mouth, you know, just wherever possible. Um, You know, that is the number one way you can show your support. And, you know, I think I might be doing a, uh, like, Like a a shirt or hoodie or hat, some sort of like apparel uh, order soon. So if you're interested in that, that's not something I'm going to be doing all the time. I might just do one big order. Uh, So stay tuned in our Discord for something like that because the stuff that we, the stuff we currently have uh, for. The, I, or for the small council group we bought a long time ago, and it's starting to get a bit on the dingy side. So definitely need some new stuff myself. With that said, everyone, I really appreciate you guys listening in. As always, um, this is the small council radio, and it is dismissed.